Have you been praying and praying and praying for something, but it just ain't happening? Does it seem like God has quit listening or doesn't care? Yet deep inside, you know he does. But what now? Well, stay tuned as we discuss the powerful prayer of surrender today on Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello, hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Storming the Gates. I am Joni Scott, your host, coming to you from my downstairs walk-in closet to avoid all the noise of construction that's right outside my window. I have no idea what they're doing out there. But anyway, we're going to continue this exciting adventure called Prayer. Did you notice I have some new intro music? I got that from Indigo Sound. Nolan does a fantastic job, and you can find him on Instagram. Well, that music is part of an upgrade, or shall we call it a facelift? A renovation. Maybe that's the best word uh, for this podcast and this prayer ministry. And I have also been working really hard to create an informative email and give you some freebies such as prayer cards and Bible studies, and that way you can go deeper in your glorious walk of faith. If you're new to Storming the Gates, you can link to the free prayer cards in the show notes and begin getting all the goodies I've prepared to enhance and assist you in this journey with the Lord. Alrighty, let's get to the subject at hand. And that is surrender. And you know, this episode has been brewing for quite a while now. Uh, it began when I was asked to give a short talk about praying for our grown children. So um, I took the summit leaders a few ideas I had that I could talk about, and they suggested I speak on praying the scripture. Okay, I can do that. And on surrender. Surrender. That was a little bit harder because... I had to think about that. Do I? Can I surrender my child to the Lord? Well, since that time, it seems like the subject of surrender has come up repeatedly, or at least I certainly am seeing it in everything I'm reading. And it's not just a once in a while type of prayer, but I'm also learning that it's an element of prayer that's going to make up our prayer life over and over again. And we might not have even recognized the significance and the importance of surrendering. But we are going to do that today. I've been taking notes and I've been saving articles um, that relate to the subject of surrender. And you will see that it's also referred to as the prayer of relinquishment. Just yesterday, there is a gal that I follow on Instagram and she is at Tammy Bug and she posted this. You can't expect God to fix what you won't hand over to him. That was the perfect analogy of what surrendering in prayer looks like. Because I picture a young child wanting his daddy to fix a broken toy, and he brings it to his dad, he asks him to fix it, but then refuses to surrender the toy into his father's capable hands. I feel like my littles did that a lot. They'd want something taken care of or fixed, but yet they'd hold on to it or even run off with it when I try to take it from them. And isn't that what we do with God? We want the problem, person, or situation fixed. But although we ask God for his help, 
we refuse to actually hand the broken thing over to him. Well, Tammy went on to ask, do you want a God you can explain? (laughs) Our God sees more than we can see. He knows more than we can know, and he works in ways beyond our comprehension. And that question hits the target. Why do we refuse to surrender our needs to God? Well, because maybe we want to understand what or why God is doing things the way he's doing them. Well, we call it faith when we think we can see what God is doing. Yet Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Surrender means making the choice to trust God, even when the answer is too far off to see. When we hand over that broken item to God, it doesn't mean we've given up on it. Rather, we have simply acknowledged our limited ability and are entrusting God with the problem. And I have to stop myself because I want to grab it back when it's half finished or peer over daddy's shoulder, and then I start trying to tell him how to do it. And that reminds me of a story I heard recently. In episode 125 of the Grace Enough podcast with Amber Cullum, she interviewed a woman named Laura Perry. Laura lived as a transgender male for many years, and yet she was transformed after rediscovering the God of her youth. It really is an amazing story. And I'm going to uh, put the link in the show notes below so that you can connect and hear the whole thing. But I want to share just a small portion because I keyed on the story of mom, Francine. Laura explains, My mom had tried all my life to fix me, but she realized she couldn't fix me. The night I came out as transgender is the night that really began to break her. She went home that night and threw herself onto the floor before the Lord. And she said, Lord, I give up. I am so tired of trying so hard. I can't fix this. And God said, finally, I've been waiting for you to realize you can't fix this. And Laura continued, she began to really surrender to him and let the Holy Spirit work in her. Throughout the years, she would even get tempted to start helping again. I know it says years. And God told her one night very clearly, Francine, only one of us is going to work on her. If you want to work on her, then I'll go sit down. But if you want me to work on her, then you sit down, get in the word, and work on your relationship with me, and I will work on Laura. Well, Laura went on to share how God did indeed work through her mother's prayers, or maybe we should call it the lack thereof. And I'm not meaning that Francine resigned or gave up or that she quit. She did, however, give over the need to Papa God's capable hands. She let him do what was needed as she made the choice to rest in him. Just like Hebrews 4.11 tells us, sometimes we must strive to enter that rest. And it really is a choice. When we're stressing out, it kind of takes an extra oomph to get in there. Well, let's look at another example. Catherine Marshall, in her book, Adventures in Prayer, calls this surrendering of our problems the prayer of relinquishment. She writes, There is a crucial difference here between acceptance and resignation. 
There is no resignation in the prayer of relinquishment. Resignation says, this is my situation, and I resign myself and settle down to it. Resignation lies down in the dust of a godless universe and steals itself for the worst. Acceptance, on the other hand, says, true, this is my situation at the moment. I'll look unblinkingly at the reality of it, but I'll also open up my hands to accept willingly whatever a loving father sends. Thus, Catherine Marshall said, acceptance never slams the door on hope. Yet, even while it hopes, our relinquishment must be the real thing. And this giving up of self-will is the hardest thing we human beings are ever called to do. So Catherine Marshall is reminding us that we can surrender our prayer need without giving up. We're trusting and believing God loves us and doing what is best, even when things are difficult. And she acknowledged that it's hard. She called it the hardest thing we human beings are ever called to do. That's because we really want everything done our way. And we flee from pain. I know I do. And we wrestle with God over his choices and we resist and we fight him. We do want to fight and battle in prayer. But the difference between fighting for our own will and God's will is that when we battle in prayer, we should be fighting with God alongside him and not against him. He's the general. And even though we don't understand the battle strategy, we choose to trust and obey. In that same book, Catherine Marshall shared her own story where she wrote how she recovered from a life-threatening bout with tuberculosis. Let me read that. On the morning of September 14th, how can I ever forget the date? I came to the same point of abject acceptance. I'm tired of asking, was the burden of my prayer. I'm beaten, God. You decide what you want for me. Tears flowed. I had no faith as I understood faith. Expected nothing. The gift of my sixth self was made with no trace of graciousness. And the result? It was as if I had touched a button that opened windows in heaven, as if some dynamo of heavenly power began flowing. Within a few hours, I had experienced the presence of the living Christ in a way that wiped away doubt and revolutionized my life. From that moment, my recovery began. Catherine Marshall didn't give up hope. She just knew she could no longer fight this battle. She turned it over to God. She had no expectation. Notice she calls it the gift of my sick self. She didn't expect a miracle. She only knew she couldn't fix this and finally let go and let God take control. I don't think she knew what she was doing, just as we often don't realize when we have surrendered our own will. It takes place within us somehow. We want to do the right thing. We want to pray the right words. We may treat prayer a bit like a magic charm. Well, if I say or do this, then God has to respond. Or what I've seen a friend doing recently, if I ask everyone around me to pray continually, God has to respond. But it's not about doing or saying the right things. Although asking people to pray is wonderful, and I've seen God move mightily through that sort of thing. But remember, God is not a genie. We can't just rub the lamp and give him three wishes. He's a person. 
and a person that we're to be in a loving relationship with. Rather, it's about us becoming something, becoming surrendered, so we no longer fight against the Lord. But like we talked about earlier, we're fighting side by side with him. Look at Jesus, Jesus, our holy and perfect Savior. He prayed great drops of blood in the battle against his own will. He prayed what had to be the perfect prayer from the depths of his soul. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed earnestly, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You'll find that in Matthew 26, verse 39. And Hebrews 12, 4 points out that we have not resisted to the point of shedding of blood, but Jesus did. Jesus said, if there's any other way, his will was to avoid the pain and suffering of the cross, but yet he emptied himself of his own will and said, nevertheless, thy will be done. When Jesus surrendered his will, what happened? Did he get to avoid the cross? No. He chose to be humiliated, tortured, and killed. But through his dramatic surrender, he gained the victory that would be the strength to get him through that crucifixion. And the glorious victory attained in that prayer of surrender lives on today in you and in me and all who can now find refuge and forgiveness because of what Jesus accomplished. And that brings me to another important aspect of surrender. You cannot know the victories that lie ahead until you surrender, until you get to the other side. What you are walking through right now might seem the worst, most unimaginable pain possible. And I don't want to diminish how difficult things in life and people can be. But as you surrender your pain, your will into the Father's hand, I I know he's going to do beautiful things with it. Is it because he's a big meanie who wants you to suffer? No, it's because he loves you and knows there's something of greater value that will come by going through the pain instead of being delivered when and how you would have chosen. I can remember many years ago, it seemed like one thing after another went wrong, was painful, finances. I was doing my best to serve the Lord, and I can remember just laying my head against the wall in the house and saying, God, if you don't hate me, why does it feel like you do? And I heard the voice of God in that moment, and he said, it's because I love you. Because he loved me. I felt like he hated me. I didn't understand that at all. But I knew that God was saying that the things I was going through had come from a hand of love for a purpose. Nathan French is a young revivalist and the pastor of Rock Church in Tacoma, Washington. He had this to say on a recent Sid Roth show. God is breathing on the flames of those who have surrendered. The Lord is testing our hearts, not tempting, testing us to see if we're willing and if we are capable of yielding so that we can pour out with him the rivers of living water. And notice he said, with God, 
It's a partnership. Nathan continued with this thought, present your life as a living sacrifice. Then what was dammed up and stopped up will be able to begin flowing. What you might be dealing with is a river that's dammed up and stopped up and God is saying, yield, present your life a living sacrifice. Nathan says, what will give people the capacity to get into the flow is to yield and practice yielding to the will of the Holy Spirit. That small surrender you do today may produce an amazing harvest in your future. You know, something I doubt you became Christians just to get a car, a career, or a spouse. You gave your lives to God for him to use and to direct as he sees fit. So please don't take back what you've given him. Keep praying and keep trusting. If we only want things done our way, we're going to get discouraged very quickly. And listen, there have been times when I have questioned God's good judgment. There's a section in John 6, verse 66 through 68, where the masses that followed Jesus for the miracles were disturbed by some of the things Jesus said. And John recounts, from that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with them. So Jesus asked the 12, do you want to leave too? Simon Peter replied, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know what? It may make zero sense to stick around when everyone else is gone. It may not make sense to others when you stick with God's plan, despite the pain, despite the hurt, despite the seeming unanswered prayers. But Jesus alone has the words of eternal life. So I picture a motorcycle and you're a passenger and God's driving it. And there's those times it's a little bit scary, but you got to yield into the curve with the driver as he goes around the different curves. That's the only way that will keep the motorcycle from getting into a crash. Lean in with God. There is so much more to say on this, but I'm going to put a pause for now. And I'm going to return with more on the subject in the next episode. But meanwhile, when you pray about the thing that seems unanswered or even getting worse, I want you to physically open your hands and hold them out to the Lord. Do this and let him know that this thing is his and you are letting go. Lord, I thank you that you take such good care of the things that we put into your hands. And Lord, we open our hands to you today. Instead of a fist saying, why, we open our hands and we say, I don't understand, but I'm giving it to you. We trust you and we love you and we know that you love us. Deepen this truth of surrendering our will more and further and more significantly as we continue our walk with you in the land of the living. Amen. We'll see you next time. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. 